Hello, everyone, and welcome back to today's episode on Movius Ministries Podcast. This is your friend Josiah. This is season 21, episode 209, and I am so excited to dive into today's messages. We're going to talk about giving God thanks in all seasons. We're going to look at a bunch of scriptures, um, and it's going to be really exciting. So, forgive me if you can hear my dog barking in the background. I'm so sorry. She is a rascal. <laughs> she is a Schulte mix with a lot of energy and um, always just kind of wants to know, like, hey, I'm in the house. Are you paying attention to me? So here on Movius Ministries, I, with the help of the Holy Spirit, thank God, do my best to interpret scripture, help you grow in your intimacy with the Lord, and to encourage you to remain steadfast through tough seasons as we also continue to be prepared for the second coming of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. If you're new to my podcast or have been listening for some time now, welcome. I'm so glad that you're here today. Over two years ago, God told me to start this podcast and start using the teaching gift that he has given me. I just pray that God's will would be evident in your life as we go through today's episode. Um, sorry. Um... The verse of the day here on Mobius Ministries is Hebrews 13, 15. Okay, you know what, guys? Someone's actually knocking on the door, so I'm going to be right back. I'm sorry. My dad's got to be let in. Just give me one second, guys. Okay, sorry about that, guys. Um, my brother had to get let in. His hands were full and he wasn't able to open the door. So, okay, uh, the verse of the day is uh, Hebrews 13, 15. And uh, I actually, oh my gosh. I literally just got done reading this book kind of recently. Um, right now I'm reading First Chronicles, John, and I read the Psalms in the morning when I pray. Um, but... Hebrews is one of my top five favorite books. It is just, if you need reassurance of the good news of the gospel, read Hebrews. Literally like any chapter. <laughs> so, uh, and it reads out of the NIV, through, uh, through Jesus, excuse me, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of lips that openly profess his name. I love this. Uh, Jesus says, my people will worship my father in spirit and in truth. I don't know if he says my people. I could be wrong about that, but you guys know that verse. Um, and if you don't know that verse, then that's fine. But this is a great verse. I like it. Let's, uh, let's open in prayer. Lord, we thank you so much 
for today. A day where we have labored hard and Lord, I just pray for those who are just going under a lot of stress or are just worn out and um, God, that you would teach them by your gentleness and by your grace to lean on you. Show them what this looks like, Holy Spirit. You are such a good teacher. So discipline us that we may know your ways more. Father, I pray for the message that I'm going to give today and that it would go deep into my listener's heart. Whatever season my listener is listening to, Lord, or whatever kind of season they're in, God. Just pray they'd be led by your Holy Spirit. That is my prayer, Lord. And not that it's hard to do that, not that it's hard to figure it out, but the Holy Spirit, we know your voice. I pray for those who are in seasons of praying and they're not hearing anything or they don't feel anything. God, I pray for grace. I confess their sins to you, Lord. Pray for those that feel like they just can never be enough. And I pray that you would bless the poor in spirit listening today. Just pray for open hearts. I pray your word would go forth in power. Please bring rest to our souls, Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name. Amen. Got my water in today's episode, just to let you know. Okay, I'm going to have my email in the description below in case you have any questions or comments about today's sermon or anything else that you've also heard as well. Um... Now, okay, I want to make a quick disclaimer because I've been thinking about um, something that I taught a little while ago, and it was about understanding boundaries. It was a it was a message about boundaries, money, and unselfish love, and then we broke down one by one. Uh, after that message, uh, we we broke it. We broke down each of those three subjects in one separate episode. After we got done with talking all about all three in one episode. Um, and I'm, I'm going to come out with an episode about what I believe about boundaries now. Um, I think that I may have misused the verses that I used to prove that boundaries are unbiblical. Um, and so I want to say that right now. I, I, I taught that where Jesus says, if, you're, if someone slaps you on your right cheek, turn the other. And I think I've interpreted that, you know, I think I've just interpreted that the wrong way. And so I just want to confess that right now. Again, there's a stricter judgment on my, on my, on my, there's a stricter judgment on me because of what I'm teaching. Not, not based off what, not based off a stricter judgment on my life itself, but a stricter judgment on my teaching. I don't know if that makes sense. Just go read James 3. It's a really good chapter. Um. And so I'm just here to say I don't think the things that I was teaching was right. And so I'm going to come up with a separate episode. I think everything else I said was true, but um, the verse that I think about when I think about our boundaries biblical is Matthew 18, where Jesus says, if someone, if a brother sins against you, go and point out their fault. 
And so I think that's like making a boundary saying, hey, um, you hurt me and I don't want you to treat me that way. That hurts my feelings. Um, and just point that out. And then if they don't listen, then just take the next steps forward about what Jesus says to do after that. Just, you can go read Matthew 18 yourself. So just want to make that clear. So, beloved, what kind of season are you in? In Ecclesiastes chapter 3, it says that there's a season for everything. Then uh, the wise King Solomon names 28 things that signify things that can happen in our lives in Ecclesiastes 3. Um, now, just to get some back backstory on, on Ecclesiastes, scholars have said this is something that Solomon wrote after he was taken off the throne. Solomon was taken off the throne because he, God told him to not mess around with, and what, what it means by mess around is sleep with or have any communication with, uh, the foreign wives of other nations or countries. And he did that, and God told him, "I'm, I'm going to take take the throne out from under you. I'm not. You're not going to reign as king anymore." And this is just a point more about the beauty of of Jesus that He is the ultimate King. He is the ultimate one that loved God. Um, that we can look at David and, and Solomon and Moses and Noah, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. That all of them did fall short. And this is where we can look at the beauty of Christ and what He did. Um, so Ecclesiastes is, is a story about Solomon's life after the throne, um, after he's taken off the throne. But when I read at the beginning of chapter 3, it says that there is a season for everything. Now, the word everything there in the Hebrew is the word kol, uh, like the word, like the name kol, I guess. Um, but it's the Hebrew kol, and it does translate into everything. The only reason I got into the Hebrew there is to show that it is a good word translation from the original language uh, translated into English. Um, if you'd like to know the song that's playing right now, it's been on my heart the last little while to say what it is. Uh, it's called All Power by Waldner Worship. Okay. <clears throat> but it can also, uh, the word everything there, it can also translate into any, each, every, or anything. It's really interesting. Let's read Ecclesiastes 3, 1 through 8 together out of the Amplified. It's going to make sense why I'm tying this in with giving God thanks in all seasons, but just give me a second here. The title of this is A Time for Everything. This is Ecclesiastes 3, 1 through 8 out of the Amplified. There is a season, a, a, a time appointed for everything and a time for every delight and event or purpose under heaven. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to uproot what is planted. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to tear down and a time to build up. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to throw away stones. Excuse me. And a time to gather stones. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to search and a time to give up as lost a time to keep and a time to throw away now this next part there's a there's a footnote and i'll kind of explain what it means uh, a time to tear apart and a time to sew together where it says tear apart there it could translate into one tearing their clothes apart over mourning of sin you can see a lot of this happened in the old testament and it's i just recently listened to this um 20 <clears throat> 20 questions by um, 
uh, Mike Winger on YouTube. He uh, does these questionnaires every every Friday. He lives in California. And one of the things that he said is that we have to realize that sin is a lot worse than we think. And so when we think about that, we have to realize that doesn't mean that... And if you've had moments where you literally have torn your clothes for your sins, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. We see that in Scripture. But it also says that that is not the only action you have to do in order for God to forgive you. David says, a broken and contrite heart, God will not despise. It's about mourning over your sin and realizing that you have offended God. But this is where we can ponder on the next part. Jesus says in Matthew 5, um, Blessed are those who seek, who hunger and thirst for righteousness. And that's where we need to, that's what we need to seek in moments of uh, struggling, struggling in sin. So that's what verse 7, I think, means. Um, a time to keep silent and a time to speak. I love that. A time to love and a time to hate. A time for war and a time for peace. After reading that, you may be thinking about what kind of season you're in. For me personally, I am in a season of working on deeper issues in my heart. Last week, we talked about uh, search me, O God, as we looked at the famous words of David out of Psalm 139 and verse 3, where it says, You scrutinized my path and my lying down, and you are intimately acquainted with all my ways. I have been seeing God show me more of how he is applying that verse in my life. Um, verse 3. Or just like searching me as well. Um, and I have been understanding my ways. I've been understanding myself a lot more lately. It's been really good. Um, what I mean by that is my actions and my thoughts. So it's been pretty simple too when, when God shows me. It's not very complicated. And a lot of the times we can do that when at the end of the day it's really quite simple. He's been showing me more pride in my heart. And like I said last week, when I see God search my heart, when he brings things up, when the Lord reveals things about me, about my sinful nature, I just say, Lord, remove that from my heart. It doesn't, now, it doesn't mean that you don't have, it doesn't mean that it's not like a wrong thing to do this either, but it doesn't have to be this long, crazy, emotional prayer in response to God searching you. As much as God delights in prayers like that, those are not the only prayers that God delights in. His grace and his eyes are on the humble and contrite in heart. So how does this apply to giving God thanks? Let's look at 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18 out of the Amplified. And beloved, many of you know this, know, know these verses. Rejoice always and delight in your faith. Be unceasing and persistent with prayer. In every situation, no matter what the circumstances, be thankful and continually give thanks to God. For this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. I love it. Like, just at the end there where it says, for this is the will of God for you in Christ. It's like the will that you're doing, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, they're saying, this is good. We agree with what's going on. They are not in conflict, beloved. They are agreeing with each other, saying they're doing our will. And we delight in them, and we love them, and we're coming back for them. 
As you ponder on what type of season you're in, give God thanks when he searches you, whether he's showing you lukewarmness, learning to be content, seeking God in silence and pain or in joy, working through uh, idols in our lives, learning to be a servant as Christ was, or wrestling with a deep, uh, deep sin issues like sexual integrity or liquid and chemical abuse. Give God thanks through every circumstance. Why? Because it shows you are born again. That is proof. That is fruit of your salvation. A person who isn't born again can't have the desire to want to please God more. Beloved, they can't. They cannot. God loves us in our weakness, in our sin, in our brokenness. He sees us through his son. And the work of sanctification is through the power and the work of the Holy Spirit. Let's look at what, what let's see what let's look at the the backstory about what's going on in First Thessalonians. You can read about how this church came together in Acts chapter seventeen. Which what I mean by this church is uh, the church in Thessalonica, First Thessalonians or Second Thessalonians. That's the second letter that Paul wrote to this church. When Paul and Silas were doing ministry work together. Uh, for the gospel. You, you can read about them doing that kind of stuff in Acts chapter 17. Trouble was arising during this time in Acts, in, in, I just said Acts, in Acts chapter 17. As Paul continued to proclaim that Jesus is Lord over all and is the risen king, this was bringing a lot of suspicion. So the people who were saved through God's grace by the preaching of Paul made Emperor Caesar very upset and persecution was on the rise due to people proclaiming the truth of Jesus. That's Acts 17.7. The persecution became so severe and extreme that Paul and Silas, they had to flee the city. This was very painful for Paul and Silas because they cared uh, for the church very much. Timothy, who we know to be a disciple of Paul, was telling Paul that uh, that this church in Thessalonica, uh, that they were doing more than okay, but that they were actually thriving and flourishing despite the intense persecution. Beloved, let's just try and imagine Paul and Silas' heart in the moments of they had to flee because the persecution was getting so bad. Now, you may say, why didn't they stay and help them? Because God had given them a mission to continue to go forth and preach the gospel. Forgive me if you can hear my, my, my dogs barking in the background again. Um, but think about that. Think about, you know, think about, think about you being in their shoes. You love them so much. And you see these kind of things happen to them and you have to leave. You have to move forward. It's almost like you have, it's almost like you have a guy and a girl and they date throughout, you know, all of high school or two years of high school or three years. And um, after high school, they start to look at things that are interesting that they want to pursue to get a career and make money and move out of their parents and you know, move on in life. And they realize that they want to go to a different college. Both of them want to go to a different college. And they want to pursue two different things. 
and in their hearts, they're like, I want to stay with you. I've been with you for so long. We've had so many memories together. I, you touched my heart and I touched your heart. We had late nights together. We laughed. We cried together. We did things together. And, um... Think about Paul here. They cared about them so much and they had to move forward. So Paul says in this verse, in 1 Thessalonians 5, to give God thanks in all things, for that was God's will for them. A lot of the times we think God's will for our lives to be just like everyone else's. And I've dealt with this too, but everyone has their own tailor-made cross to carry. Yes, those who live godly lives will be persecuted. Paul says that in uh, 1 Timothy. But God will for but God's will for everyone who is born again is different. It is. For example, Paul says in 2 Corinthians, I'm not sure what chapter, but he says, <clears throat> he goes, <clears throat> I have done more work than any of the other apostles, but it is only because of the grace that God has given me. Um, one other thing I was, I'm trying to think about. There's something else I was going to say. Um, I totally forget and it was really good. Holy Spirit, remind me if I'm supposed to say it. Stories about people in the Old Testament. They had different stories. God's will was done in their lives. From Joseph having a prophetic dream, then going through a season of refinement and testing, and then eventually the prophetic word that was said to him, it came true. To Moses and Aaron, uh, freeing the Israelites. To David, fleeing from Saul. And from his son Solomon, reigning as king. And then eventually reigning off the throne. Getting off the throne. Being taken off the throne. Everyone has a different role. We see in the Psalms, David and the other authors give God thanks continually in joy and hardship. I want to finish with some things that, uh, that, that, that uh, I have been thanking God for. I got some small things and I have some big things as well. So uh, some small things are the other week uh, I got up, I made breakfast every morning, but one of the days last week I got up, I made breakfast and then I bring my breakfast to my bed and I forgot a napkin. <laughs> it is still early in the morning. Uh, I'm tired and I had to go back downstairs and get a napkin. And of course we're going to be like, oh my gosh, I forgot a napkin. I got to go back downstairs. I got to do this and that. But I remember thanking God for having the legs to go down and get it. And many of you guys are probably laughing at that right now, but if it glorifies God, why not do it? Why not, beloved? I thank, I thanked God for letting me have the legs. And you know what? Because not everyone gets to walk. My friend Brandon, he's in a wheelchair. And I know when he reaches the new Jerusalem, he won't be in that wheelchair anymore. And if, it, if it's in God's will to heal him and make him walk again, then God will do it. I mean, there's people who go to war and their legs get shut off. I mean, they're, 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 they lose their legs, they lose their arms. There's, other, there's also other things that they could lose and they die. So I thank God that I had the legs to go down and get it the breath in my lungs that he is giving you beloved and even to have a napkin when I see when I sometimes get all the egg yolk all over my mouth <laughs> so it's it's little things like that 
Now, another small thing, I have a TV on my wall and I'm so grateful for it. So blessed to have that. Sometimes when I get into my bed, the TV is not angled right at me. And so um, then there are moments when, I, when I'm like, oh, I gotta get up and I gotta move the TV. But instead I give God thanks for having a TV that I, that, I, that I can easily get up and move the TV. And it's also like, like even if you don't have any pain in your legs, you can say, Lord, thank you, I don't have any pain. I can walk normally. And if you do have pain, that doesn't give you a right to still complain, but to still say, Lord, thank you that I'm still able to walk. There's never any right for us to complain to God. Why? Because what we really deserve is to die right now and go to hell. That's a very hard truth to hear. I get it. But that's not the end of the story. So I thank God that I'm able to get up or that I can even move my TV around back and forth and it's not stuck in one area. And by the way, I, I do, when I, when I, excuse me, when I watch TV in my bed, I angle it towards me and then when I play Xbox, I sit in my wheelchair I'm sitting in and, and I kick my feet up on the bed. I put my MacBook behind me and I, I listen to a sermon and I turn the TV towards me. So I am, I, I, I don't just keep the TV in one position. If that was the case, then that would be, you know, that would just be stupid the way I'm trying to apply this. <laughs> so those are some uh, small things, but let's move to some big things. Some of you guys know about the amazing testimony I have about my car. I have had some, I, and I've had, I'm having some issues on it right now, but uh, by God's grace in my life through my dad, I have been able to fix those things. Right now, I need new rear wheel bearings. And I just started a new job at, uh, at a landscaping place. I actually just had my first shift today and it was a lot of hard work, but it was really good. Um, I am trusting God through that issue with my car. It is a little bit dangerous to drive on. Um, it's really loud, but I am trusting God in his timing that, that, that I'm going to fix it. Lord willing. So I've been, so instead of complaining about the issues I have in my car, I've been giving God thanks for the car that I have. Why? Because I was in a season where I didn't have my own car. I didn't have the freedom of, of, oh, I want to, when I want to use the car, I can just, you know, use it. I didn't have that freedom because I was sharing a car and my brother Jameson, he has things that he does, um, throughout the week as well. I can't sit here and be narcissist and go, oh, like, well, I got stuff to do. So I need to go this and do this and do that. That's not Jesus. So, um, now I have my own car and I can go, I, I can, I can use it whenever I want. Think about what, you know, what kind of car do you drive? Whether it's a Chevy or a Cadillac or a Kia or a Ford or a Lexus. It's my favorite car company. Um, and you have your own car. You can use it whenever you want, beloved. Whenever you want. And if you have issues with the car right now, be grateful that it's still drivable. If your car is getting fixed right now, be grateful that it's getting fixed. There, see, it's just, it's continual looking at the positive. And beloved, the world even thinks like this. The world even says, we just need to be more positive. We shouldn't do this and do that. But their positivity will be in vain. Because it, it's it's fleeting away. Let me give you an example. I've been listening. I just subscribed. I, I got three months free for my for my Lincoln. It's really cool for um, Sirius XM. And I've been listening to a lot of Billy Graham lately. And 
my gosh, as much as I've heard his name before, some of his sermons are so good. I mean, I've known him for so long, but just now I'm starting to listen to it. And maybe, maybe that's uh, Ecclesiastes 3. I'm, I'm in a season now of listening to more Billy Graham. And I love what he said. He says, when the unbeliever dies, he's leaving his riches. But when a believer dies, he's entering them. This is where we know that we are not fleeting away. Though we labor hard and though we have bad mental health days sometimes. I had a pretty good mental health day today. I prayed a lot. I felt God's presence today. It was good. I confessed some sin to the Lord today, but you know. Anyway. Now, I, I do wish that I could move out of my dad's. That's something that, I'm, that I do desire, but it's not time yet. I'm trusting the Lord. He knows what's best. God has been telling me recently over the last month and a half-ish that I'm going to be moving out soon, and I'm trusting in that. He sees, what it, he sees the end from the beginning. I trust him. So I have been giving God thanks for all that I have here at home. Here at home. That was a English accent that just kind of like came up out of nowhere. I didn't even intentionally mean to use it. Um, so the things that I can be grateful for as I'm here still at home is um, a roof over my head, food, a laundry machine. Uh, we have an in-ground pool. I have a shower and so much more I could say. I mean, look at it, beloved. We are so blessed. Now, some of you guys have heard me talk about my singleness. Um, I wish I was dating someone who I can marry one day, but it isn't time yet. So I've been giving God thanks for this season of singleness because there are things I'll be able to do more in this season. For example, uh, going to see movies, uh, reading and studying scripture. Not that I won't be able to do that with my future girlfriend and wife, but that Let me, let me read the rest of the list and I'll come back to that thought. Uh, play Xbox. I love to play Xbox. Every time I play Xbox, I listen to a sermon. Um, I just pull up my MacBook and look up the International House of Prayer and um, working out that's something God told me to give up for a month and I'm not sure why, but I'm just being faithful to that. And so I have it marked on my calendar when I can go back to it. And much more that I can, that I, that I can, that I'm able to have more freedom in my singleness. Now, the reason why I'm able to be more grateful about doing these things because when I start dating my future wife or my future spouse, whatever you want to say, there are things that she's going to want to do that I don't want to do. And I'm not going to have that freedom, beloved. I am going to have to lay my life down and go, okay, let's do what you want to do. And there may be moments where she does the same to me and that's fine. And not that it's out of competition because that's not right, but out of, I want to serve you and I want to do what's best for you. I want to practice Philippians to consider the other person more important than me. So I'm giving God more things about repeating myself now, but anyway, I'm giving God more things in my season of singleness because I have more freedom to do what I want to do. And that's what's been really helped me to be more content is when I want to read my Bible, I can read my Bible. When I want to watch the game, I can watch the game. When I want to play Xbox and play with the Seattle Seahawks because DK Metcalf is my favorite receiver in the NFL and I get him like 10 catches for like 300 yards. It's so awesome. 
um, or play NHL um, and play with uh, a guy who I went to high school with, Dylan Larkin. I went to high school with him at Waterford Mont. Uh, sometimes I get to score goals with him, so stuff like that. So I encourage you, beloved, in whatever season you're in, give God thanks for everything. Expand your heart to see things in your life the way God sees it. Amen and amen. Let's share the gospel because it's our it's our only hope. If you guys didn't, oh, I gotta pick a different song now. Um, no, let's not listen to that. Not that. Not that. Let's go. What do I want to listen to? Um, I'm trying to find something. Here we go. We can do this one. Okay, this is called "The Father's Love" by Waldner Worship. Okay. There was a law given to God's people, the Israelites, which were written on tablets of stone, literally, literal tablets of stone. And God gave that law through Moses after God led his people, the Israelites, out of the bondage and slavery in Egypt through the terror of King Pharaoh. Generation after generation, God's people, the Israelites, could not do what the law required. There were many kings who lived over God's people. Many were righteous in the eyes of the Lord, but many were also evil. There then came the prophet sent by God who would give God's people and kings and the kings a message of many kinds. One of those messages through the prophet Isaiah, his words in chapter 53, what we read today, says uh, says that uh, that there was a coming Messiah, a savior who would save everyone from their sins, who was from the lineage or genealogy from David to then be in right standing with God. After all the turmoil of the law that brought forth death, Jesus came and started to proclaim the gospel. And it was said, repent and believe in the gospel, for the kingdom of God is at hand. Jesus also said, do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. Paul, who was an apostle, which translates into a sent one uh, by God to proclaim the good news of the gospel. He was sent out to do that. And Paul says in Romans 3.23 that we have all fallen short of the glory of God, that we are not morally good people. But rather we, and I'm including myself in that we statement, are dead in our sins. Um, But Christ came to redeem us from the curse of the law and the sting of death to then make us in right standing with God. Jesus lived the life that we couldn't live by being tempted by sin but knew no sin so that we would become the righteousness of God through Jesus. We are all sheep who have gone our own way, but God has caused the wickedness of us all to fall on him. So in essence, the bad news is we couldn't do what God asked us. We kept falling short generation after generation. But the good news is that Jesus finished it. He finished what had to be done. And those who repent from their sins and seek out God's will for your life and believe in the good news of the gospel that Jesus died for your sins, you are saved. There's no other truth. Let go of all other religiosity and legalism and realize that Jesus has finished it for you because he loved you. Here are some scriptures that emphasize on what Christ has done. You can look at these on your own time if you would like. Galatians 3, 10 through 14. John 10, 11. Isaiah 53. And Ephesians chapter... Let's close in prayer. 
Abba, we love you so much. Thank you for your son. I pray for those who just heard the message of the gospel for the first time. Holy Spirit, fill them. Bring a clean house. Give them a clear conscience. Give them the mind of Christ to have clear understanding. God, I pray as we leave, help us to walk in reverence and fear for your name. Pray that Jesus, we would find our identity and our joy and our strength and our refuge in you. Pray that you would help us to give you thanks, God. Put things in our minds to give to, to give you thanks for, Lord. Holy Spirit, do that in our hearts. God, we thank you for I thank you for my car, I thank you for my TV, my Xbox, my MacBook, my microphone my water bottle, my iPhone, my Apple Watch. God, I thank you for my salvation. Jesus, I thank you for what you did and I worship you. I remember what you did. You say, more blessed are those who believe and haven't seen. And I thank you for that, Lord. Thank you for opening my eyes, Holy Spirit, to the issue of sin and that I cannot obey the law. I can't. I can't fulfill it. But that Jesus did it for me. I love you for that, Lord. Pray that my listener would give you thanks in the things, even the little things. Thank you for food. Thank you for the breath in our lungs which you give us, Abba. Thank you for your love, your steadfast, unending love, your mercies which are new every morning. Help us to give you thanks in all seasons, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Next week, I am really excited um, to talk about what we're going to talk about. I'm not going to say what it is. Um, I feel like I should kind of stop doing that because I kind of want to surprise you guys. But I want to be sharing, we're going to be looking at some verses in 1 Corinthians, and I'm going to be sharing a personal testimony that happened with me a couple days ago at church on Sunday, and it was like a story that will put the fear of God on you. So be excited. Uh, Lord willing, this message will be up on YouTube um, uh, tomorrow night. I'm really excited to do that. Uh, I'm still in the process of learning and working on getting my old episodes on YouTube. So like my podcast, there are questions posted in the thing below. I guess my question for you guys is um, what could you be more thankful to God about? Um, And then I guess my poll can be, I can't really think about it right now, but I will post something down below if you want to answer that. Please, please, please don't be you know, hesitant on, on responding. Um, I can share them as well if you would like. I can share those on the on the next episode that I do. And uh, yeah. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode on Mobius Ministries as we talked about giving God thanks in all seasons. This is your friend Josiah. God loves you.